Netflix and chill with my fucking self. Fuck people. What's up, fool? That's my dog. Hey, that fool calm down. And then I told that fool, I said, stalk yourself forever, ever. No, bro. Really sorry for saying bro. Hey, come on, it's fear mongering. I ain't no clown. It's all fake. I know what you're up to. Alright, maybe it's not. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a fool. fool. Oh yeah, Talk Full Radio. Hey, what's up, dogs? What's up, dogs? What's up? This is Stephen Lee Clark. What's up? This is Head Coach. What's up? Uh, the Red Pill is not around. Cause let me tell you something. We're we're not too happy with each other right now. Okay, that motherfucker declared war on my plants for some reason, and uh, I don't like that shit. I, I worked hard to bring these plants to the level of happiness that they're at today. And this motherfucker just wants to swoop in like a tornado and fuck shit up. And I'm not, I'm not with it. Okay. So she's in the other room because she's being a little clown and, and you know, there's trouble in paradise, right? Uh, whatever. It's all good. So how you been? Good. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. Uh, so it's a really shitty, dreary, rainy as fuck day in, uh, New York. And uh, yeah, still a little under the weather, so you know, I've been really busy. What have I been up to? Let's see. What what has Stephen Lee Clark been up to? Oh, well, very important thing. Uh, we, I, me, we went to the Women's March uh, in New York. You know, I wanted to go to D.C., but A, I was a little worried because D.C. was going to be crazy as fuck, and we all know that, right? And uh, me, I have this little thing called anxiety Right. So if I get stuck in the middle of fucking million people, I'll start freaking out. Right. And I don't like that shit. Uh, and I don't I don't take Xanax and I don't smoke weed. So there's pretty much nothing to help me except to stay out of huge ass crowds. Right. So um, I did that. I biked around. Uh, I went I, I, I kind of stayed on the outskirts, you know, but held it down out there because, uh, again, I didn't want to get trapped uh, within millions of people. So let me tell you something. Women's March. It's a beautiful thing, right? Uh, it was very, it was very awesome to see all over the world uh, a bunch of shit happening, a, a lot of cool stuff, like cool awareness going on. I know at Eight Ball they had a sign making day, right? And I, you know, I drew a picture of a white supremacist and fucking put a big like red X through it, right? And, and that was fun. Um, Okay, obviously, okay, you guys know this, but I'm sure you already know this, you guys know me, but obviously, my number one sign that I saw on, like, the internet and shit, right, was the insane clown president. I thought that was pretty funny. That was a good one. Um, but yeah, there was a really, it was a really, like, uh, positive thing looking out and seeing not only, like, across the U.S., but shit, like, other places in the world, you know, there was, there was a march in the U.K., there was a march in London, I mean, um, there's a march everywhere. There was it was really awesome to see, and uh, I was really happy. I was really proud of a lot of my friends, uh, colleagues, which are really just my friends. Um, getting out there and doing a lot of cool shit. I thought it was really awesome. And you know what? Uh, for those of you that had to work or do whatever and you couldn't make it, you know what? I know you're there in spirit, and I know that nobody, nobody that listens to this show is a fucking racist, sexist, uh, piece of shit, right? Misogynist piece of shit, right? So 
we're all friends here, and I really appreciate everybody doing the thing, doing the damn thing, right? That was awesome. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to kind of keep it short today because, uh, again, I feel a little shitty, right? But something really cool happened, okay? Uh, and this is what happened. My boy, Muhammad, you know him because he pretty much fucking, besides a few other people, Nate, Victoria, fucking, uh, fucking Javon, right? Muhammad pretty much fucking single-handedly. I think I'm pretty sure Muhammad's our only listener, right? So what's up, Muhammad? Uh, you're my boy. Uh, it's good hearing from you. So Muhammad sent me an email, and I really like this kind of shit, right? Uh, he sent me an email, just like you know, asking about my thoughts, and some stuff, right? And I was like, you know what, man? You're my bro. Uh, you're my cousin. Uh, you're my brother. So you know, I'd say what's up. And he was wondering, you know, he was just sent me an email. Okay. First of all, I'm not going to get into the whole answer. I'll probably just email my dog back, you know, but he's asking me like what, you know, he knows that I'm into robots and he knows I'm into fucking technology. Right. And, uh, he was like, you know, with automation becoming a thing. Right. And we've touched upon this on this show before. Uh, he was like, you know, with automation becoming a thing. Like, how do I feel about, like, universal basic income, right? Well, again, I'm not going to discuss uh, all of it on the show because, you know, I have a lot of thoughts on this, right? But I will say that, you know, uh, as many of you may know, and obviously not our listeners, right? Because we have nothing but aware, informed, like, really cool, beautiful listeners, right? Intelligent, awesome, active all that shit. But as you guys know, Stephen Lee Clark, me, I'm not really the humanist, right? I I think, uh, pretty much, um, most human beings are, how do you say shit, right? So, uh, you know, it's like basic psychology, uh, basic psychology, right? Like, so basic psychology, like, okay, if I have an infant, right? And this infant wants something that I have, right? Say it wants some food, right? Uh, and I don't give it to it, right? Them, whatever. This infant, if it was, you know, seven feet tall, 360 pounds, would fucking kill me, right? Just to get whatever it wants. So that, I think, is like kind of proof that humans are born... Um, I don't want to say good or evil, right? I don't want to say evil, but they're born like very instinctive. And what instinctive means is that if I have something that this infant wants, it's going to do whatever it takes to get it, right? And then we grow up and then we realize the consequences of society, blah, blah, blah. But all this is coming back to, I think humans suck, right? So when it comes to automating things, right? I heard, I think I talked about this before, but I heard this NPR, uh, uh, show one time and, and this guy was basically his thing was like automate everything. Right. And he was walking down the street in San Francisco, big surprise. And he was like walking down the street and he was like, that job right there could be done by a robot. That job right there could be done by a robot. This job, robot, that job, robot, all this shit can be done by robots. Right. And let me tell you something. Okay. Robots do precisely what we tell them to do okay and what do i think that is i think it's cool as fuck because a robot isn't gonna fucking you know slip up make a mistake right they just do exactly what the mathematical equation we program into it tells it what to do right so i know i know i know i know Stephen Lee clark's an asshole but 
all I'm really saying is that, yes, I'm into automation. I think it's cool, okay? Uh, and I think, okay, so economically, this gets a little sketchy, right? It gets a little gray, um, universal basic income. So one, I think, like, where would the money come from, right? It could increase taxes, okay? And yeah, Increase taxes on the rich, absolutely. But how long would it stay? Only on the rich, right? And you have a lot of people, and a lot of those rich, right, are uh, big corporations. So if they have to start paying taxes, is that going to increase the price we got to pay for a fucking what? Uh, anything, anything at all, right? Any goods that we use today, it seems like if we decided to start distributing uh, universal basic income, and we decided to tax the rich, the rich would turn around and raise their prices, right, to compensate for that taxation, right? And it makes sense. Uh, do I think capitalism is the worst thing in the world? No. Do I think capitalism can be very shitty? Yes, uh, because there's human beings behind it, right? And I understand. But, uh, you know, the world's not perfect. And, I, and again, I think if the world was perfect, capitalism could be this wonderful thing that you could immigrate here from another country with a goal and work hard and achieve it, right? And, and, and build a, a life for you and your family. Yes, I do think that's possible. In this world, though, with human beings, what, what is the flaw in every equation? The human element, right? And that's when it starts getting into the area of like, oh, well, my product's better. I'm going to start using shitty manipulative advertising. I'm going to start stepping on these people. Perfect example. Okay. Perfect fucking example. And this shit gets to me, but whatever, you know, it's a part of capitalism. But the example that I like to use is I live in Brooklyn, right? Uh, and I have hair, right? And hair grows, right? So, when I am ready to get a haircut, what do I do? Okay, do I go to the guy that's been fucking the 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 dude that's been here for fucking 60 years in his barbershop charging fucking $12 for a great haircut because he knows quality is what's going to bring his customers back, right? And he's going to turn around and take that fucking 12. I, okay, they charge 12 where I go and I give him 20, right? Because that motherfucker's been there forever and he's got a family to deal with, right? Or am I going to say, oh, I need a haircut. There's this cool spot that I know all the cool motherfuckers go. Oh, yeah, but the downside is it's fucking $60 for the same haircut that I'm going to pay to some fucking 27-year-old that already has money. He already has enough money to fucking open a barber shop that fucking, that, uh, that, that, He's just going to capitalize on the young, cool fucking status bullshit, right? So that's my take on it, right? Capitalism created this opportunity for fucking this, this, this person to come across. Uh, the guy that I go to is from Puerto Rico, right? So he's cool as fuck. And capitalism gave him this wonderful opportunity to come here and say, look, I want to cut hair. You know why? Because hair fucking grows. That's what it does. And do I think that it's shitty for someone to take advantage of the fact that hair grows? No. Do I think it's shitty for some fucking kid that's already rich enough to open up a fucking barbershop in Brooklyn to cut hair? He's going to take advantage of the, hair, of the fact that hair grows and charge fucking $60 for the same haircut? Yeah, I think that's shitty, right? And that is the human element, okay? That's the human element. It's never enough, right? So, uh, I'm sorry I got a little sidetracked, but I think about the yuppie barbershop thing quite often, right? It's fucking bullshit, and I hate it. Anyways, um, 
the dude that I go to gives me a fucking wonderful haircut and he's a cool ass dude and he helps me learn Spanish. All right. So anyways, um, yeah. So universal basic income, uh, it seems a little like, okay. As an artist, do I think that universal basic income would be great in a perfect world? Obviously, because you know what, if I had a check coming in every month just for existing, you know what? It would be sick because I could work on this podcast more. I could give my four listeners a better product, right? And, and, and I could utilize my time more because I don't, you know, ever since I moved here, you guys know that I survive off fucking music, which is like the biggest mistake ever survive in quotations, right? Ever since I moved here, I'm broke as fuck and, 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 and I have to work, right? I just got a job at a warehouse with my friend, Eric, right? What's up, Eric? So, Anyways, yeah, it's hard to live here, and, and I understand that universal basic income would be fucking amazing, right? It would be sick. But, uh, again, this all comes back to a couple things. This all comes back to where's the money going to come from, right? Uh, there's a lot of places it could come from, but uh, in the U.S., I'm pretty sure that they would just raise tax taxes, right? Which, in turn, would raise the cost of goods to us, the fucking normal people, right? The fucking 99%, right? Um, so... The other thing that it comes back to is humans fucking suck, right? Okay, so uh, do I think that uh, do I think that a lot of people would do really cool things with their universal basic income? Yes, I do. Do I think that way, 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 way more people would do really shitty, shitty things with their basic income? Yes, I do. Right. So again, in a perfect world, in a bubble, I think it'd be awesome, right? I think it'd be sick. I think it would be great for the person that is raising a family uh, to have a little bit extra income from the government because you know what? Robots are taking our jobs, right? But uh, I also think that a lot, uh, a lot more people would take advantage of it in a really shitty way, right? And I'm not going to get into that because, you know, but you guys know I'm a dick. I don't like people. They suck, right? Um, so that is, you know, it's like a, a very short, very abridged version of how I feel about universal basic income. I know I didn't really answer it, but what I'm saying is I'm going to come back to this. All I'm going to say in conclusion is that, yes, I think robots are better at everything than humans. Right. And you know what, if you, I, I okay. And yes, like, Sure, if you go up to a fucking screen and you're ordering something, you know, food or whatever, and you're just like, fuck, I just want to talk to a person. You know what? Maybe you should step back, take a deep breath, and fucking figure the machine out, right? You know? Because, like, yeah, I get it. Like, uh, am I? But I get it. Like, some people want to talk to people, right? I, I, I guess I understand that. But my, my counter to that is, like, why? When you have this fucking great machine here that's not going to, like, having a bad day. So it's going to treat you like shit because it was, like, late to work this morning and the boss fucking talks shit to them, you know? Which I totally understand. I've been there. But in my everyday life, uh, I would rather just fucking figure out a machine than, like, talk to some person that's going to fucking treat me like shit, right? Uh, because they're working at a cool coffee shop and they're supposed to fucking be a dick, right? I was like that. And, and that's why I don't belong working in customer service, right? Because I'll just look at a customer and be like, fool, I can't fucking help you. You know why? Because you can't help yourself, right? Uh, I used to work at a bookstore and and motherfuckers would walk in and go straight up to me and be like, hey, do you have this? And I'd be like, I don't fucking know. Did you even look? And they'll be like, what? And I'll be like, you didn't even look. You just fucking walked in and instantly depend on someone else. There's a computer right there. All you got to do is type the book name in, right? Type the title in. And then you're good. And then you're good to go. It'll tell you if we have it or not. And then you take it upon yourself to go find it, right? I know. I'm talking really fast. 
Uh, I got really emotional, but that's how I feel about this kind of shit. Because you know what? It bums me out to say it, but yeah, people suck. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, coming back to it's hard to live here. Yeah, it's fucking hard to live here. I pay a lot of money for a really small room. And, you know, there's been, uh, there's been a lot of thoughts floating around in my mind, not for a while, right? But I was like, damn, there's places around here, actually, that I could live for half the price, right? And, and I look, basically, I got plans, okay, guys? I got fucking plans, okay, everyone? I got plans. I got plans, and I'm really excited about them, okay? I want to start my own radio station one day. Uh, and I want to take that one day and make it very soon, right? So I'll keep you guys updated on that. It's not going to happen for a while. But to do that, I need to live in a place where I can have space and I can have people come do their shows and all this shit. And I want Talk Fool, right, to become more than just me sitting in the lab, right, pushing all my beakers and my petri dish. I have to move my fucking electron microscope to the other side of the lab so I can set up my uh, my, my my interface and my computer, right? Um, I have to move all my fucking Bunsen burners, right, uh, to talk to you guys on Ableton, right? Because I can't fit my computer. I, I fit my computer where all my microscopes and and Bunsen burners and uh, those things that you put DNA bottles in, they spin around really fast like those. Yeah, yeah, you know? I'm out here doing CRISPRs because my friend Ignat taught me how to do it, right? I'm fucking manufacturing some genetically modified fools, right? Anyways, back to what I was saying. Yeah, uh, I've been looking outside of the realm of extremely expensive rent, right? Because, yeah, it's a really amazing city to live in, but I would also like to live, right, instead of fucking working all the time. And I volunteer at a radio station, like I told you guys last time. So, yeah, there's a lot of curveballs coming your way from me, and uh, that's I'm excited about it. So, I'm sorry that I ran it so hard, right? But... Uh, it's a fun thing to talk about, and and I'm going to send Muhammad a more in-depth email because uh, I really like Muhammad. He's a cool-ass dude, and he's a full-on supporter of our podcast, and, and, and I really appreciate that. And you know what? I'm always down for anybody to send me questions like that because it's fun for me, you know, and I hope I didn't offend anybody. But also, it's just my opinion, you know, it's just Stephen Lee Clark. My opinion has no bearing on your opinion. And you know what I like? I like your opinion. I think it's cool. So you should fucking email me, talkforradio, gmail.com. Let me know what you think about anything about universal basic income, about the fucking orange skin freak that's uh, in control of the nation now or in control, right? Uh, you should email. Oh, I just finished a book. This is a good one. I just finished a book. That is about UFOs, right? I've, I've read it before, but I went over it again, and, and I really like what it has to say. It says, uh, it's a lot of stuff that has to do with why we decided to attach, and, and a lot of it has to do with the time period, right? Sci-fi was blowing up when, when we first started seeing UFOs. Coincidence? I don't fucking know. Anyways, uh, why do we automatically attach other planet and otherworldly beings from another world, another galaxy, whatever, to UFOs, right? Why couldn't it be something that originated on Earth here, right? And you get into the singularity, and the singularity is simply put, uh, the singularity is the point at which technology uh, surpasses human understanding, right? So what if there was a fucking civilization behind closed doors which i you know i wholeheartedly believe in um that has 
been on just like maybe a different path of science since you know whatever there's always uh there's always a talk of the rosicrucians you know blah blah, blah. there's always talk about alchemy but this isn't what i'm talking about i'm talking more about just technological engineering that started a long time ago and maybe has taken a different path from what we use in regular uh jet fueled propulsion stuff like that so when i'm talking about the singularity as related to ufos Maybe when we see something in the sky, fucking make a 90 degree angle turn going fucking 64,000 miles an hour or whatever the fuck. Right. Uh, yeah, it's 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 interesting thought to me. Right. And, you know, I am a big fan of sound wave studies and how vibrations affect uh basically the atoms in the atmosphere and it just vibrates the shit out of them and it creates pulses and it creates movement, right? Maybe propulsion. Um, so if I get disappeared, you guys know why, right? I'm going to upload this before I'm going to upload this tomorrow. And, 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 and if I disappear, you guys know why, right? Because I know what makes UFOs go, right? I know where they get their propulsion from, right? Anyways, I'm a little all over the place today, but uh, yeah, it's a really good book. It's called The UFO Singularity by Micah Hanks. I listened to an interview with him a few years ago, and I was like, okay, this guy's a little silly, but he's, his ideas are really fucking amazing, and I like that a lot. Um, so yeah, now I've moved on to a book about Google, <laughs> lol. But yeah, it's a good book too. Um, anyways... So that's pretty much what I've been up to. I really appreciate Muhammad asking me about anything because he's a cool ass dude and I want to fucking, uh, I want to talk back. You know what I'm saying? So before I get into the very brief business section, I'm going to put out there that Talkful Radio is looking for someone to help out, right? Um, just basically someone that I can FaceTime with, help me with ideas, help me with uh, scheduling is a huge one. And I'm not saying dump it all on you. I'm saying, help me out, you know? Uh, and just someone to talk about ideas with maybe a little website help, um, shit like that. So, you know, it's good, good experience. It will be, you will be able to put on your resume that you helped one of the fucking tightest podcasts in the world. You worked on it and whatever, all that shit. And I'll talk about you fucking regularly and all that kind of shit. So, if you or anyone you know might be interested in just helping out around the talk full lab, we don't, you don't even have to live in the same city. Just be able to FaceTime once a week, whatever. Uh, it's a hard thing to do, especially when you live in New York and you have to fucking work all the time and you have to fucking do all this shit, blah, blah, blah. blah. But yeah, it would be really appreciated. It would make it a lot easier for me to keep putting episodes out on schedule, right? So anybody that's interested, talkfulradio at gmail.com. Shoot me an email. I would really appreciate it. It's not going to take up too much of your time. I just want to talk. I just want to talk and figure out uh, what a couple next steps might be and just help me out with like some scheduling and some ideas of who we should interview, maybe some interview questions, blah, 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 blah. So I really appreciate it. I love all of you into the business section. I'm going to keep the business section brief today. Uh, I just want to remind everybody that you can subscribe and download Talkful Radio on iTunes, all that shit. Uh, subscribe, 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 download, download, download. Downloading is what's up. I don't, you know, I don't even care if you listen. Just take one millisecond and tap your thumb on the download button, right? We are on Stitcher. We are on TuneIn. And you can go also listen on SoundCloud, blah, blah, blah. You can go to talkforradio.com, 
peep it. There's a bio on the dog. That's me. And uh, yeah, and then you can listen to all the episodes. There's archive there. There's a merch area with uh, coffee mugs. And, you know, one day, hopefully, we're going to have some t-shirts. But like I said, every single penny that I get goes to rent. So maybe... In the future, we will have t-shirts as soon as I can get some money. Which brings me to my next point. You can go to talkforready.com and at the bottom, you can donate. You can donate and become a producer. So, as we all know, producers are in the show notes. They are, uh, I say their names at the end of every episode. And we really fucking appreciate it. Because, you know, it is a real credit and it can be put on your resume. And just because you donate... $5,000, $10,000, $15,000, $20,000 Five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars to talk for radio. A, it makes it easier for me to do this because again, this is a city of hustling, right? <clears throat> and it's fucking hard to do. And B, you're just helping out uh, what I think is a pretty good thing and a really cool product. So it's a value for value model. Again, the the example that I always use is you go to the movies, you spend fucking $45 at the movies because you like the movie, right? Hopefully you like the movie. Uh, And this is the opposite. You get to see it first, aka listen to the episode, and say, how valuable was that to me? Was it worth 10 bucks? Was it worth five bucks? Was it worth anything at all? I think it is. Me personally, this is Stephen Lee Clark. I'm the one that's sitting here doing it. So it's really all about what you think. Um, Any help at all, we appreciate it. And it is a legit credit. It can go on your resume and you will have show notes and credits to back it up. So go ahead, go to talkforradio.com and get go down to the bottom and click on the donate and send some money to your favorite podcast, okay? We love you, and we appreciate everything that you do for Talk For Radio. So I love you. I'll talk to you soon. Peace. Andy O'Connor, that's my dog. Uh, okay, so why do I love Andy O'Connor? A, he's the coolest dude. B, he's really fucking good at what he does. C, he wrote an article about us, and he felt the need to put in how much I care about the Raiders, right? I think we talk about that. I can't remember. But Andy O'Connor's cool as fuck. He is, he's, you know, his knowledge, I think I talk about this too, his knowledge in the metal game is so extensive, but at the same time, I can talk to him about DJ Screw, I can talk to him about all the fucking cool Texas rap that I love, and anything, right, because he's just a fucking walking uh, cauldron of music knowledge, and it's fucking awesome, so without talking for fucking two hours about how much I like him, I'm just going to let you listen to my interview with Andy O'Connor, cool. What's up, coach? What's going on, player? Uh, um, you have always, you know what? One time, okay, we've been cool for a long time, right? But when yeah. I was just like really like, oh man, Andy, just like, like not only were we boys, but like that fool like gets me and understands what I think is important in life was when I read the spin article that you wrote, and you felt compelled through just being a good dude to uh, add how much I love the Raiders and football. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's an important part of who you are. Definitely. I, I couldn't not include it. It's, it's, it's too true. crucial. Yeah. yeah. So like, you know, I was like, yeah, like I've always been like, yeah, Andy's my boy. But then I was just like, you know what? That motherfucker understands like what, you know what I'm saying? Like how to, how to just like get across what I think is important and what like shapes my life actually. And like the only single thing that I care about in the world. So that was really cool of you. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah. So how you doing, man? Good. Um, doing good. You know, it's just uh, just 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 know the Friday. You know. Yeah. No, 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 none special. None yeah. Special. I want to say, uh, I want to ask if you're busy, but it does seem like you're fucking always busy. Like you always have shit coming out. You're always doing stuff, right? Um. Yeah. I, I try to anyway. Um. I think trying to appear like constantly busy is kind of like overrated um yeah yeah yeah. it's it's um you know i try and have a life too and you know this this whole like writer life it's it's kind of weird like some days like or some months i'll be like totally slammed and then there'll be like sometimes there's like i just don't have shit going on it's kind of there's not a lot of predictability which is something i accept but can be bit of a challenge too but it's it's cool you know yeah yeah yeah, totally well it Mm -hmm. seems like as far as the writer life goes i mean at least in in the music side of things like you're fucking killing it man like i see shit from you like from all these different places i always see it and you know besides the fact that we're buds like i've read many articles that are like uh like you know stupid for lack of a better (laughs) word but honestly man like when i read I've read, okay, well, I don't usually do this, but like we're boys. So, like, I read the article that you wrote about us, and I was just like, man, you know what? It's not even like it doesn't purvey like we're buds, really. It's just like a, it was like super unbiased and like cool as fuck. And the number one thing that I thought was like that it was like informative, it there was information there, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I can't say I've been with y'all since day one, but I was there pretty much early on, and I felt like I had to convey that, you know, through it. You know, like, when I was talking about, um, like, before you and like, first time they were in Austin, it was, like, some South By show with, like, Yob and Dark Castle, like, mm-hmm. like this is, like, 2011? Man, it's been, it's been forever. Yeah. That seems... For- 2011 seems forever ago yeah i know but it is like yeah i remember like they'd never been to texas like i was sort of like looking at uh george being like who's this pretty boy but then i mean they killed it and i yeah i'm i'm it's super awesome to see y'all fucking climbing and you know i said i said to put it out there that yeah i mean this this shit didn't happen overnight like they yeah fucking worked at it yeah 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 um so besides spin what else what else do you do what else do you write for i know there's like a lot of stuff i you have album reviews on pitchfork right yeah 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 so what else do you do um i have this uh column on vinyl me please called death forever it's um it's 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 my new column um i say new because it's sort of a um it was spun off from uh, my old pitch for column, Hella Waits. You know, it's yeah. sort of doing the same thing, but I have a little bit um, uh, I'm doing a, like, like Hella Waits was more about um, 
like more like demos and like shit that really didn't like sort of get on the radar at all. Like Death Forever is more like a like general overview of stuff. Like I'll include some like, you know, wild out obscure shit, but also, you know, if I'm not able to like put like a bigger release on pitchfork or spin or whatever, it's a good opportunity to do that. And it's super cool. Like the Volume Please team, my boy Andrew Winnestorfer, fantastic dude. Um they just let me do whatever the fuck I want. Um, basically. Um yeah. Um I also do stuff for um yeah, it's it's it's, it's like a million things. Yeah. Try yeah. to stay Yeah. Um I do stuff for Decibel. Um I do stuff for Noisy. Um um uh, let's see, Bandcamp's blog is pretty cool. I do I've done a couple things with them. Dude, that's um tight. Yeah, yeah. Bandcamp's blog is really cool too. Like they sort of you know, they sort of go beyond like, you know, whoever's like the 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 big shit, you know, and just yeah. Yeah, presents presents like a lot of interesting artists and perspectives. Um, I interviewed um, uh, James' wife for them. Oh, and that, dude, that was that that was that was actually one of my favorite things I did last year. Like, he was a super. I love awesome that guy, guy, man. Yeah, yeah, and he was really fascinating. Got a really good interview out of it. Um, yeah, th- those are those are like a few. Um, I do stuff for like the local paper here, the Statesman, mostly festival coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being in the trenches of South by and all that shit, you know. Ooh, that sounds yeah. intense as fuck. Yeah, South by it's 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 something, man. Like, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. There's things I'd change about it, but if it wasn't in my life, my life would be a lot different for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, well, I was one of my questions I can just ask now was do you have like a preference between um because there's so many different aspects to sitting down in your own space and listening to a record, right? And being at a live show and, and both uh, instances have like the environments have like a huge play on, on the effect that the music has on you. Do you have a preference between like writing about a live set or, or a live show or writing about an album? Um, I don't do a whole lot of, um, live coverage anymore. It's mostly like festival stuff. Um, for for live stuff, it's um it's it definitely presents um a few more challenges. Um, usually, I'm on some like pretty tight deadlines, mm-hmm. and I have to like <clears throat> write about it while still like pretty fresh in my head. You know, don't want that. You know, going off into memory too yeah. much because I'll for, I'll forget details even like twenty four hours, forty eight hours after it. So like, yeah, um, it's fun being in the moment. It definitely does present itself a challenge um writing about a record it's it's cool um i'm in my more element when i'm more like solitary yeah but sometimes even with like records that like i love like i like i have to listen to them a bunch and i like have to like stay off them for like a month afterwards oh i bet dude yeah yeah, yeah it's like man i love this record but like i gotta shield it for a month because yeah, yeah 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 I mean, it, it doesn't take away from my enjoyment about writing about it or the record itself. It's just that's just that's just part of the gig. I could imagine, dude. I mean, yeah. that's how it is for us in tour. You know, it's like not even a certain band. Like, uh, dude, after tour, like heavy guitars 
sounds like the worst thing to me. Like it's the last thing that I want to listen to, you know? I feel that way like every time I have to do like year-end lists. And oh, I like dude. doing those, but it's like I don't want to listen to metal for like the rest of the month. It's like, you know, like I was put on a playlist and just straight up you know, Tangerine Dream, anything, yeah. no guitars whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I feel that I definitely feel the same way for sure. This last tour, it was such a statement to how much I love this band, but Ulcerate. That was the Carcass tour, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. But the day after we got back, Ulcerate played. Um, You know, it might have been the night that I got back. Like, I got back and kicked it for a couple hours and went to Vitus to see Ulcerate. And, like, because I've never seen them before. And they're literally, like, top top ten bands for me. Oh, they're sick, yeah. Dude. Yeah. And, and I literally, like, I was talking to my boy there. And I was just like, you don't really understand how crazy this is. Like, I've been on tour for a month. And it was Carcass, who are great. But the metal thing after a 30 day, you know, over 30 days tour, you're just like, oh, I got to get away from like heavy fucking shit. I, but I went straight to a, a Ulcerate show and it was just literally like, that's how much I love this band. This band's amazing. That That's awesome. Yeah. I sort of like after every sort of like, um, like festival, especially South by like the day after South by is one out of maybe only two or three days out of the year, well, I will not go to a show. Like, even something I like yeah. is playing, um, I just won't do it. I'm just too worn out, which sucks because um, there's this one. Uh, did you ever get to do Chaos and Tejas? Uh, I never played it. I'm not, actually, I've never been either. No. Yeah, that shit was sick when it was around. I um, know, dude. I was always in the Bay, like, broke as fuck, like, when it was going on, and I could never make it. Yeah, yeah, it was sick, but, like, I was so boned because the day, like, after Chaos had ended, there was a show with um, Lydia Lunch and Weezer Walter, which mm -hmm. would have been, any other day would have been fucking sick, but yeah, yeah. after Chaos, it's like, I've been around too many blown-out guitars, I've been around too many fucking smelly-ass punk dudes, dude. I just don't want to <laughs> Yeah, absolutely, dude. Netflix and chill with my fucking self. Fuck yeah. people. <laughs> yeah, that's like uh that's kind of my life, dude. Netflix and chill by my damn self. Yeah. Um so how did this all like started? Like what like talk to me about the beginning of everything. Did you grow up in Austin? No. Um I'm from this town, uh Galveston, about four hours away or so. Okay. I, I came here for college and um I, uh, it, I've lived here on and off for about, I want to say eight and a half years. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I did some, like, I did like a lot of writing in like high school and shit. And then when I got to college, I didn't do so much of it. <laughs> I don't know why it's like, but, um, I, the, the student paper on there, um, they were just covering a bunch of whack bullshit, and I was like, well, I kind of want to read about some metals and shit that's not fucking, <laughs> you know, like, I don't want to read about Spoon or the Shins or Dirty Projectors, any of that. Yeah. Any of that. <laughs> yeah, so instead of, like, you know, being, like, a typical metalhead and bitching about everything, I decided to actually apply, and I somehow got it, and that's what kind of kicked things off for me. 
Um, That's tight, dude. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, it. I I met. I'm like, like college was weird because um, I didn't really make friends in like classes and shit. Like most people that I know that I still like keep in touch with and still tight with are like either I worked with on the paper there or like some other outside shit. Like never class. Yeah, I'm still tight with a few people at the Texan for sure. Um, That's awesome. I, yeah, after that, um, uh, I remember like right before I graduated, I met this um, this this dude Van. Um, he like all the time like Austin's metal scene is pretty sort of like you know it's it's a lot of the same people that go to shows and sit. Mm-hmm. So people will always come up to me like even like now like this has been happening for years where it's like oh yeah like see you at every show dude you know I was like yeah yeah because that's how I like really get out primarily yeah, yeah. Going to- yeah um so this this dude van like I think we met at I want to say um I want to say it was Napalm Death it was a Napalm Death show in 2009 and sure. he was like yeah you'd every show you know you know, I'm Van. I was like, "Oh, hey, I'm Andy. Uh, nice, to, nice, nice to, nice to meet you." Um, actually, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was Napalm Death or if it was. I think it might have been. It was an I Hate God show, like that was like probably a day or two after I graduated college. Like that's when we and we just talked about you know shit. And he had this blog. He he was running that blog. Crust. He was writing for that. Crust and, cake, yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, a couple months later after college, I was like pretty bored, you know, waiting for grad school to start, and um, I was like, hey, can I write for your blog? He's like, yeah, dude, totally. And then I met um, and that's where I met Sean. Do you know that band? Have you ever seen that band Skull Shitter around New York? Uh, I don't think so. No. Yeah, they're they're like super tight. Um, sort of like um. Like they're like grind, but they also got some like psych in there. It's pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. Sick. Yeah, yeah. Um. So Sean was also like writing for them, and I met him through there. Um. And I did that for a while, and um, you know, it's funny because like there, there's for a while things weren't really like working out for me. Um, like from about like late 2009 till about mid 2012, like shit just wasn't working for me, you know, for a lot of reasons. Like, I mean, but, um, I remember about a couple weeks after I moved back to Texas, I did into a long-term relationship in Colorado. Um, Brandon, uh, Stosu, who used to be a pitchfork for a long time. He was like a follower of the blog. I met him at like a South by show, um, one time, he and me was like, "Hey, I need metal writers. You know, come come on board." And I was like, "Yeah, that sort of really kicked things off for me." That's awesome. And that, yeah, and that that really just opened doors, man. Like that really opened doors. And I I still like I sort of credit a lot of my sort of success to him. He was the he was the first like real dude to take a chance on me. Yeah, I mean, I love all those. Yeah, I love all all those crosscut people. They took a chance on me too. Yeah, yeah. But I me, mean, Brands took it to like a whole nother level. I mean, you know, and, and, and I say this all the time, like people like Brandon's a, a great dude and, and I love that guy. And like, yeah, he like took a chance on you, but you were like, you were good at it. 
you know like yeah he, he could have taken a chance on you and been like oh this isn't gonna work out dude like but yeah that's fucking awesome dude that's really cool yeah yeah um yeah like yeah i i, I did like i sort of had to I had, I had to work to get where i'm at because like i think I, I i mentioned i was in grad school i tried um for about three months in 2010 i was at Northwestern, which is like a really, they have a really sort of prestigious journalism program. Uh And I was going to, and this was like, you know, like I graduated in May 2009. That's when the economy is really bad. Probably the one of the worst times to graduate, or at least in the top five. And I was like, what am I going to do? So they, oh, then like me, like a lot of, you know, people with liberal arts degrees are like, okay, let's try grad school. Um, And I somehow got into a really good journalism program, but the thing about it was like, I'm not saying it's like a bad program. It's just, they want to make you into like a certain style of of person, like a sort of straight laced reporter. And that's just not who I am at all. So I quit that. Um, it, it, It was such a, it was such a weird thing too, because it was, um, I sort of learned through there that a lot like, there are a lot of people in like journalism and media who um, uh, they, the reason that they are where they are is because they had parents who could afford for them to go to Northwestern. I mean, my, my, I mean, yeah, I was certainly well off too, but I mean, it's just, um, I, I know what you mean. Yeah. 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 And it was like, well, I mean, Oh, like, and you know, a lot of what are these kids like getting up and getting educated, they're all coming from this sort of like upper middle class or upper class perspective. And it's like, you know, like that, that sort of really, that, that really turned me off, man. Like it, yeah, it's like, I mean, like we need more, like, you know, more like diverse people in journalism, you know, from like, you know, like, you know, more, more you know, POCs in journalism, like more women, like, you know, more people who didn't grow up rich, rich or well off, you know, working class kids who had to work for everything they had. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's just like there there are too many rich kids in journalism, man. It's a yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing. So, like, I feel appreciative for my sort of success because I feel like, you know, I didn't have the connections for Rolling Stone and Pitchfork, like, you know, jumping off everything like I kind of like go out and get that shit, you know, yeah. And I definitely had people who helped me, who like put me in touch with the right people. But yeah, it's just like it just I just I didn't pay a bunch of money, and then you know things just magically happen. Like that's just not how that's not how it should work. Yeah, that's tight, dude. And like, yeah. you're not the first like writer that I've talked to that has said that. Like a lot, you know, I it's it's a thing. It's like a lot of people are in journalism because they can afford to like have a sporadic work life where like you might not be getting paid in the beginning for a long time and it's okay and a lot of people can't fucking do that you know no it's like it's it's weird it's like you know there's that saying like you know being poor is expensive as fuck and in this case it's like they can be they can afford to be poor like they can afford to do an unpaid internship like they can they can afford to like you know start out at 30k a month it's not a big deal for them like they'll find a way somehow yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. That's uh, that's it's 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 weird, man. It's 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 really complicated. Yeah, it's kind of it's something we it's something that I think a lot of people are reluctant to address because they don't want to like 
blow up their own privilege or whatever. But it's it's definitely a conversation that needs to happen more yeah. and more. Yeah, I think um, I think it's really cool. And again, like how you're talking about, like yeah, like you know, you didn't have the hookup at at this, and you didn't have like. But but you had people help you again, like it all comes back to the person that's like working really hard because like, again, there's a reason that someone's like, you know what, like, I want to fucking help this guy out, you know, or like, I want to fucking help this, who you know, whoever it's fucking and, and to me, that's what always stands out to me because I know a lot of like good people, right, especially in our world, uh, who feel the need to be like, yeah, you know, like. I've definitely had like help along the way, like blah, blah, blah. And I'm always the first one to be like, yeah, but it was like, because you were good at it, you know what I'm saying? Or because, or because people were like, saw something that was cool. And, and I think that's really sick, dude. And especially in the writing world, dude, that's fucking hard, dude. I mean, all art is like hard to make it in, but like, dude, writing is like, oof. I mean, to me. Yeah, it's the weird thing. It's like, you know, the barriers for, for entry are kind of low, just for writing, if you want to like, have your own, like, blog or whatever. But there's so much of that stuff out there, and not a lot of it is good, that, you know, it does take some effort to really stand out. Yeah, Absolutely. Like, yeah, you really got to hustle to, like, there's so much, like, bullshit out there that you really got to, like, hustle, like, you know, to to, to to be good. And, yeah, yeah, it's 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 tough, but I wouldn't do anything else. Yeah. This yeah. I always ask people this because it, it it really like I always wonder about it because I went to college for literally like I I had this plan to go to college and it was like I'm gonna go for a limited amount because I was dead broke and I was like I'm gonna go for a limited amount of time I'm only gonna take the classes that I want to take and like get knowledge and then I'm gonna burn them because I don't have any money and I did that I like only took like astronomy and like creative writing and shit like that and then like didn't have the money. So I was just like, all right, I'll see you guys later. But was like, was college valuable for you? Like, like, do you feel like, like, what do you, what did you get out of it? And like, do you feel like you could have been in the same position without it? Cause now, you know, I'm 32 now and I'm like, man, I would love to go to college and take it seriously, you know? But I always wonder that with people because like how big of a role did college play on you getting to where you are now? Um, I would say, um, like earlier, like I come in, like I made more friends, like outside of like, you know, like doing like extracurriculars, like the paper and shit than mm -hmm. actual classes. I mean, college was, it was, it was kind of a weird experience for me. Like, um, like my, my family like valued education a lot. Yeah. Like, like, go, like going to college, that was never a question of if it was more of a question of like, just where, you mm -hmm. know? And like. And not, not like not like a value judgment or anything like that. It's just you know, like from, from the moment I was born, like college is like pretty much like a sure thing that was going to happen for me, mm -hmm. which was but which was weird, like because like I never really particularly like liked school when I was younger. I found it to be pretty boring, and you know, I didn't like. I wasn't like a bad kid, but like I had a hard time taking a lot of my teachers seriously. Yeah. Cause Same. you know, yeah. For, from like early on, like, um, I sort of kind of, I, like, I'm not going to say I was always like woke from the beginning, but from like early on, I saw like, you know, like how a lot of like institutions aren't really how cracked, how they cracked up they are to be. Yeah. And that, 
it was it was sort of a drag going to school. It's like like I have to do this, and it's like yeah. you know, like and I was I was never good about like doing homework. I was like playing like computer games or like blasting Slayer. It's like I mean I could have been an A student like an A student if I had, like put in the work like. Like, I mean, I got decent grades, but, like, I just coasted along. Like, I mean, where I was at, I mean, I got good grades, but, like, yeah, it was just, like, just me doing, like, nothing. And, yeah. like. I was the same way, man. Like. Yeah. I would get, like, I thought so much of it was, well, A, stupid, and B, yeah. like, really boring. But then I took, like, a, an astro- a college prep astronomy class and was, like, oh, this is amazing. And, like, got straight A's, you know? Yeah, same, yeah. Same sort of thing. Yeah. Um. And like uh, like a lot of my education still like even though like you know I got a good education and whatnot it's still pretty self directed mm-hmm. like I remember um, I thought about this recently um, there is this project that we had to do in um, in uh, like I want to say tenth grade English um, where we had to pick a book from a certain that won a certain type of award. Um, I don't remember what um, award it, it, it was, but um, anyway, the book that I chose was Native Son by Richard Wright. Mm-hmm. And it, it wasn't on like the list of like recommended books. Like, I mean, it fit the criteria, but it wasn't like, it was just something that like I had in my house. Just like my mom read, reads a lot and she had a mm-hmm. shitload of books. And I was like, okay, well, okay, I'll pick this. And it was really, it's really great read. It's, um, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty sort of damning insight into, um, you know, racism, the criminal justice system from like, you know, the thirties and forties. Like, I mean, it still is, it's still as relevant as it was when it was published, which is fucking crazy by itself. Yeah. But it was like, yeah, yeah. But it was like no one else picked this. Like everyone just sort of like you know went through like like sort of picked off the list. And I was kind of like, well, like you know, y'all missed out on something really insightful that I think could have benefited y'all. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's it was cool. weird too because I went to a um, I went to like a like a majority like African American and Latino high school. So I was like, why aren't all of us reading this? Like you know, but totally. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And college, I mean, I got some good stuff out of college. Um, mostly just through some of the people that I met. Um, I mean, I, I was able to like it was more of all my levels, so I was able to take it more seriously, you know. So I mean, I'm like, I mean, it's it's all kind of it's all kind of a um a while ago. I graduated in like two thousand nine. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's like not a lot that I like can remember like specifically. But I mean, I would say that it was valuable for me. I mean, there's stuff I might've changed about it, but I mean, I still, think I got something out of it at yeah, least. Totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm always curious about that because like as someone that didn't really go, like I did, like I said, but like I went for a couple semesters and, and, and fucking dipped it to me. It's like always like, man, I would give anything to like go back and get that knowledge, you know, like that knowledge, there's knowledge there to be taken. Um, but a lot of, you know, a lot of friends that I talk to are obviously like, yeah, man, like I got connections out of it and that's pretty much it. Like I got friends, but that's pretty much it. And I'm just like, yeah, I could see that too. Like I, my biggest fear is like 
going back to college and paying all this money and, and sitting in the back, like this is utter bullshit the whole time. Like what the teachers talk or what the professors talking about, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, that's cool. Dude, out of curiosity, right. Um, uh, cause you were, did you, this is just for my own self, but like, yeah, sure. did you ever catch that bleed over of like all those great fucking Houston bands? Like, like, hate, like, did you see hatred surge play a bunch and shit like that? Like, did you, catch you know, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of weird. Um, like, even though like I've always been in like metal and stuff, I wasn't particularly attuned to like a more like deep underground scene until I got to Austin. Cause that's uh. shit. That shit's a little bit more established there. Um, like that, like it was when I went to Austin that like I started going to like DIY shows and like you know house shows and all that sort of stuff and got deeper into like sort of the um sort of like the, the like the punk ethos of it. Like I've I've never been that into punk music really, but I gained an appreciation for that punk and hardcore like ethos at least when I was there, and that's. I think it was around there where I sort of finally caught up on like, yeah, hatred surge, um, and like insect warfare. That's, like, yeah, dude. <clears throat> and it's like I can't believe I grew up like an hour from Houston and I never saw like insect warfare back in the day. Yeah, like, dude. Yeah, I always like I always think because in the Bay we had that band like in disgust and like all these like really amazing amazing shit. And the whole time I was always like, dude, how sick would it be to live like in the Houston area or just somewhere in Texas and catch like insect warfare all the time and like fucking uh, PLF like all the time and like shit like that, dude. And, you know, that, God, I always like thought about that. It'd be so. Fucking yeah, I'm, I'm seeing PLF tomorrow. Actually, they're opening for Infest. That should be dude, really sick. One of my best friends in life is he just moved to Austin like a year ago or something. He's going to be, uh -huh. there. he was telling me about it. He's like, bro, you, I, I wish, I wish you could be at this show. Dude. I used to see PLF back in the day and just be like, these fools are fucking robots, dude. They're oh, so yeah. good. Yeah. That man guy, he's, he's like, he's like de deadly. Like he's, his precision is deadly. Cause like, he joined that band like Morbosa Dodd like a few years ago, mm -hmm. and Morbosa Dodd started out as like a pretty like sort of like sloppy black metal band, but he like really tightened him up into this like sort of like lethal killing machine, and that's so fucking sick. Like every band he's in is like really fucking, fucking awesome. great, dude. Yeah. I know that like yeah. that whole scene to me in like the early and mid two thousands was like uh so on hit, dude. Yeah, so sick. Um, do you ever did you ever like? take any writing ventures besides music did you ever like get into fiction or like some stuff like that anything else? um i was more into fiction in like high school and like some college um it's sort of taken like a back burner to like my journalism work it's totally. something i still like experiment with like here and there but it's it's not really been like a big like focus in my life lately yeah. I'd like to get back into it though. That'd be really tight. Yeah, like is that like a future plan or something? Have you ever like do you ever do you have like a plan to write a book someday or just some shit like that? I mean, yeah, I say I'm gonna write a book eventually. Um I don't have any ideas for, you know, a book. I'm not gonna like tell people like, Oh yeah, I got a book in me, you know, like I don't, but like yeah, yeah. that is something I would like to do in my lifetime for sure. Yeah, yeah, sick. Yeah. Um, I definitely always wondered uh, you know, when it comes to like music journalism, this is something I always wonder and like, mm -hmm. and, and, and it definitely between me and you, like, 
feels like a prevalent question because like we're buds and you are like like you said you go you you're the you're like me like the main social thing that i do is go to a show you yeah know what I'm saying? i don't i don't go to bars just to kick it you know um yeah and does that like you know naturally there has to be like some sort of conflict and is it hard for you to like separate like buds with like album reviews? And is there like, is the conflict of interest like a big thing that you try to avoid or if you're cornered into it, like what does that something you have to deal with a lot? I mean, yeah, but I don't really trip on it all that much because I mean, I think objectivity is kind of a, uh, it, it's kind of a bullshit concept. Like everybody has biases. Everybody has like, you know, preferences and stuff. It's um like it's important to be fair, but it's also important to be honest with yourself. Totally. And you know, yeah, it's like if you if you, you you like if you present yourself like a like a detached observer, like you know, you don't get anything out of it. Your readers don't get anything out of it. I mean, I don't like I don't really like trip on that too much. I do have to draw some lines because um um my uh my roommates are do you know the band street sex yeah do you i think i might yeah uh, yeah leo leo and sean those are my i live with those dudes they're my boys sick. yeah yeah i might field agent might be playing a show with them perhaps no that'll be that'll be sick yeah i, I think know. they're going out to yeah i think they said they're going out to east coast with like crowhurst yeah that would be sick yeah but yeah i mean that's that's one case where like I like had to draw the line because, like, yo, like, I live with these guys, like, they're my boys and I love what they do, but it's like, yeah, I just kind of had to draw the line somewhere. And I mean, I, I like, I like, you know, if I fuck with your music, I fuck with your music. Like, it doesn't really matter if, like, you're my friend or not. If you are my friend, that's fucking great. That makes it, like, even better. But it's like, you know, like, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to gas you up, you know, like, yeah. there's a relationship. Yeah. It's like, it's it's sort of the, it's it's sort of the the philosophy I take generally with um like sort of what I do is that bands will like write me all the time like wanting me like write about them and stuff but the truth of the matter is is like you know if your shit's dope I'll find you and get in touch and be like hey your shit's dope I want to like you know write about this you know like you just like just keep doing what you're doing and you know like you know hope that somebody like cool finds you that yeah. i mean that's kind of like a weird thing to say it's very aspirational but like it's i mean true, yeah though. it's absolutely yeah. true though man yeah because like, if because if, if your shit's tight and you know you keep working at it you know people will notice hopefully yeah i mean you know um dude it is i mean you know at the risk of sounding like a dick but it's true like there's nothing worse than the dude that is incessantly like like this is my new band like blah blah blah. like friends sending like friends music is great and i love it and it happens all the time and i do it to my friends but dude there is a point where it's just like now you're starting to affect your band in the negative light you know what i'm saying like there's a certain point of exposure but like dude it very it's a slippery slope you know what i'm saying yeah yeah because like you know there's this dude that i i've known for a while um like, he's big into death metal, but he's also, like, big into, like, Indian classical music. And, like, what he does is sort of, like, experiment with, like, both of those sort of styles. Um, and he was, like, coming up to me, like, hey, man, like, you know, I want you to, like, hear my stuff. And, you know, that's, like, a typical conversation. It's like, okay, yeah, you know, send it to me, whatever, like, email me, like, shit or yeah. whatever. And he was, like, but but he was very, like, 
he was like pressing for my opinion really hard. He was like, man, you know, like I need your like legitimacy. And I was like, whoa, dude. Like, I mean, I like you should do what you do because you get something out of it. Like, yeah. you know, like, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I write for people who like are probably like sites that are probably read, but it's like at the same time, I'm, I'm just like one dude, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I mean, you should, you should just focus on, you know, like pushing yourself because you want to, because, you know, you want to, you know, make better music, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, only- make, make it genuine. Yeah. Cause like, I don't fuck with people who aren't genuine, man. Like, yeah. that's just, yeah. The only yeah. question I'm really like, well, I, I only want to know because on very honestly, like it doesn't matter what I think, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm your boy, like whatever. But the only true question is like, do you think it's tight? Right. Like that's, that's all that really matters to me. Cause if someone's like gives, you know, if someone gives you this and they're just like, Hey, like I just finished this song. Like it's tight. Like, I like that. You know, I like that way better than like, let me know what you think. Like, fuck is it, you know, you, you've like done this kind of shit before. Like, what do you, I mean, dude, that's something we all have to let go of. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. For, for someone that grew up in metal and, punk bands and one day was like i'm trying to write a techno record you just have to let that shit go you know because yeah no matter what someone's gonna love it and someone's gonna hate it you know yeah 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 i mean i mean i mean like i'm not trying to devalue what i do but you know it's like you know like he's gotta do what you gotta do regardless of, like what i say about it you know yeah, yeah yeah exactly and dude if you're gonna like man if you're gonna make art and it crumbles when someone says they don't like it you know, like you're kind of fucked. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, you're, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a tough world. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it really uh, is. Yeah. Do you have, do you, do you have like, do you consider yourself like having as a writer, um, do you consider yourself to have like tough skin when you see like people? Well, I mean, you probably don't look at it, but when you catch wind of someone that's like, fuck this guy. Cause I know I, I have to have it from like, just, yeah, yeah, stuff. you, you do, you do like, which is hard because, um, like one, one, of, one of my qualities is like main qualities is that, that helps me, but also hurts me is that like, yeah, I'm kind of a sensitive person and that's good for like my writing allows me to be more empathetic and, you know, but at the same time, you know, sometimes things really get to me. Um, but I mean, I have a pretty good attitude about, it. I'm just kind of like, you know, like, eh, you know, these people are wasting their time. It was funny though. Like, um, I reviewed a death grips record for, mm-hmm. um, for pitchfork. And that was like the only, that's like one of the only times people have been really been in my mentions, just trashing me. Cause really? like I didn't give it. Yeah. Cause I didn't give it best new music. I mean, it was good. Like I gave it like a solid eight. But man, these people like weren't having it. Yeah, oh, that's it was just, ridiculous. Yeah, and I was just that's where I was like, oh my god! Like, I mean, there are like writers who deal with that way more often. But like, it's oh, just yeah, yeah it's I mean, it's it's just kind of funny. Yeah, it's the same thing with us. It's the same thing on both sides. Like, dude, like it takes. It's so weird to me that people take the effort to be like, yo, like I don't like this. You know. And I think that the internet is why, because I've talked about this a million times, but like if someone literally had to like, okay, uh, I just read an article by Andy O'Connor and I don't fucking like it. Right. 
Uh, so I have to go track down how to get a hold of him, right? So I'm going to figure out how to go get a hold of him. I'm going to physically write out a letter telling this fool, yo, I don't like this shit. And then I'm going to mail it to him and hope that he opens it and reads it. All that's gone from just being able to be like, yo, like at Andy O'Connor, like you suck, you know? And it's fucking lame. It's fucking lame. It's just like a lack of effort. And it's like, okay, dude, like we get it. Yeah. And, and it's fucked up because like, I mean, like, I don't think that people should like live in this shell of like positivity. Of course, like it, once in a while, I have to be told that I'm wrong or that I'm full of shit, you know? Yeah. And it, it like, it, it's almost more <laughs> of a, like more of an art to like present like a sort of like thoughtful negative criticism, you know, where it's like, where it shows that you've actually tried to engage in whatever it is like, and yeah, it's, yeah. So that's, and I think like, yeah, I mean, it's, it is easy and you know, it's, it's, it devalues not just like, you know, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's weird for sure. Yeah. One of my favorite things about you is that like, I could talk to you about like, incantation like you're wearing the shirt right now but i could also talk to you about like dj screw right yeah and that's yeah. like both of us we have that ground um i always i always wonder about like well my friends and shit but is there like any thing like genre of music or like lately or all the time that like people wouldn't expect you to be in like me i hit the dollar bin opera box like all the fucking time and get tapes of operas and like listen to it and fucking like i i never feel like i have any ground to stand on but in my personal world i'm just like i really like this one because blah blah blah, and i really don't like this one blah blah, blah you know but is there any like weird stuff that people wouldn't know that you're into like any weird sort of music um, yeah, I, like, I mean, I do present myself as kind of like a metal guy, and that's typically what I am, but it's like, yeah, I mean, like, being a metal dude who's also into rap is still something that not a lot of people have really caught on to. Which is like, so it's, weird. It's yeah, so it's, weird. Like, it's totally natural for me, because, like, I remember, you know, in my high school parking lot, kids were banging, like, screw tapes and shit. That's yeah. how I found out about Kids were banging that shit, so I was like, okay, yeah, this shit is... This shit is tight. Um, people, people like so. so people are surprised to um, like I would say that there is for a while I really wasn't into like really dance oriented music. Like I didn't like New Order. I didn't like techno or house or anything like that. But when I moved to Chicago, for some reason, oh. all that shit began to click with me. Oh yeah, Chicago is a great yeah. place for that shit, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, I remember really, I really got into Cold Cave when I was living out there. Yeah, yeah. That's and, awesome. yeah, but people were still kind of surprised by that. Like, I remember I was at my boy's wedding uh, last summer, and his, like, Daft Punk song came on. And I was like, oh, shit, I got to turn up. And my boy was like, yo, I didn't know you like Daft Punk, dude. I was like, yo, this is the shit, man. I remember yeah. when this shit was on, like, I remember this shit was on, like, Toonami and shit. They were showing those videos, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, so, yeah, the Interstellar, like, 5 like that. Yeah. It, yeah like that shit's like super tight and um yeah it's, it's mainly that stuff and That's sick like random like i don't listen to a lot of like pop music like i'm not like as dismissive of it as i used to be yeah but um I'm just, it's, just, it's just not my thing most of the time i feel you but like 
But for some reason, I was like jamming a bunch of like Kylie Minogue, like yeah. a month back. I was like, yo, this is like, I'm like, I've always kind of jammed that. And I think I like told somebody, they're like, what? You listen to Kylie? I was like, yeah, I listen to Kylie. Like, fuck yeah. It's just all about like personal preference for me too, right? Because I'm not the biggest like pop music guy, right? Mm-hmm. But it's just what I like. So I'll hear a song and it's, it's okay. It's like a certain, I always say this about visual art, right? I don't know shit about it, right? I don't know shit about visual art. I don't know shit about technique. I don't know anything. And it almost makes me feel like it's a more pure, like, opinion of something because I don't have all these, like, past experiences to pull on and, like, and, like, these, like, critiques of certain techniques and whatever the fuck. So I'll look at a piece of art and it's literally if it speaks to me, right? Or if it makes me like it, if I like something, like what I like about it. And a lot of times, like I I dated for a long time this girl that was like an art history major. And I would tell her what I loved about something. And she'd be like, dude, that's fucking cool that that's what you like about it. And, And that's how I feel about like pop music, you know? It's like I heard an Ellie Goulding song and I was like, dude, this song is sick. And then, like, listen to a few more. And I was like, dude, I like Ellie Goulding. And then that, you know, and and it's random out of nowhere. But it's, like, also, like, when I hear it, how I'm feeling when I hear it. It's all that stuff you take into consideration. Yeah. Actually, this reminds me of something um, that happened to me a few months back. Um, I was I was at I was at this dance club, Barbarella. It's like it's like a big, like, dance club in Austin. Like, a lot of people go there. And like it's um usually in the back patio during the weekends they'll have like rap shit so like that's where i like mainly hang out because you mm-hmm. know it's like you know like he's like yeah you know here like hot in here a few buck and all that sort of shit like you know and this dude who like i met through maybe like a party or something i don't really remember him that describes a lot of people that yeah. i went <laughs> into but um he was like asking me like uh, uh like okay he started off the conversation like really douchely. Like he knew that like I wrote for like Pitchfork and shit. And I think this was like around when the last like Radiohead album came out. And he was asking me like, you know, um, Andy, like why is like Pitchfork so obsessed with Radiohead? Like what's the deal with them? And I was like, yo, like Dash is like a band like a lot of our readers just listen to. I mean, I'm not really into Radiohead like – I'm kind of surprised I got a right for pitchfork considering I don't listen to indie rock at all, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, um, I was like, yeah, you know, that's just, just a, a band that a lot of our readers are into, you know? And like, he's like, he's like complaining a bunch, but it's like, you know, like, it's like, I don't really have a lot of control over that stuff. Like, you know, like I'm just, I'm just a dude writing for them. And like, yeah. And then, like, so, like, already, like, it's kind of this weird interaction off the bat. I was like, you know, I'm kind of like, uh, like, I'm just trying to, like, hang out. Like, yeah. fuck this. <laughs> and, yo, like, and later, and then, right after, he's like, what are you doing here? I was like, uh, I'm just hanging out with some friends. He was like, I didn't think you'd be into rap music. I was like, why don't you think I would be into rap music? Like, he was being, like, real condescending about yeah. it. And he was also wearing a suit in the club, which I don't respect. Like, that's just really... <laughs> <laughs> like a, like yeah it's just i was like just get get out of my face dude. Yeah, yeah like yeah it's like does it really blow your fucking mind that i'm wearing a sun shirt but i'm dancing the knuck if you buck and like mike jones and shit it's like 
come on, dog. Like music, music's a big thing. It's awesome. Like it's not just, you know, it's a may, maybe. Yeah, it's like maybe you should meet people who don't just listen to fucking I don't know. Uh, what's some Mar- Mac DeMarco? Also, in Mac DeMarco's, I think he's whack. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. Um, Maco is cool as fuck. I met him. I met him a couple times, and he was like, <coughs> the first time he came up to me, he was like side stage for our set, and he was like, had this look on his face when he came up. He was like, dude, that was sick, and I was like, thanks, man. And his face was so intense that I was just like, hey, where's uh, where's the Molly? And he was just like, oh yeah, bro, I got a bunch of it. And I was like, yeah, I can tell. <laughs> but that's funny. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, so I- weird. To me, like, you don't have to choose, a, like, a side. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's so strange. And I'm the same way. When I was in high school, like, I grew up, like, right outside of the Bay Area. And, like, so I was, I would walk, I would have Niall in my headphones. And then all my boys would be, like, bumping a Mac Dre record. You know, and so I was like, it never occurred to me that you're not supposed to listen to something if you if you like this. It's so weird. Yeah. And it's like there, there's always like really just sort of like I love like discovering like just really like super weird connections with like totally disparate genres. Like, um, do you know, do you know that old metal band uh, Metal Church? Mm, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, they they um like they um. They're they're like they're like from Washington, like in the eighties. Like I think one of the guys like was like a guitar tech from Metallica. Maybe mm. I have that mixed up. But yeah, like they actually did like of like a song with Sir Mixalox. They're like both based out of Seattle, and like they're like he like he did like a version of Iron Man. Like they're playing Iron Man. He's just like rapping over it. I think I do know like, what you're talking about, actually. Yeah, I was like, holy shit! Like yeah. Metal Church play with their mix a lot. That's so fucking crazy. Like I love discovering shit like that. Like how like the uh, the like Jonas Ackerlund, he directs videos for like Madonna, Metallica, and shit. He was in Bathory, like as their yeah. first drum. It's so like yeah, I love discovering like weird ass shit like that. Or like like the Judgment Night soundtrack. You remember that? Yeah. Oh hell yeah, dude. That was some shit, dude. It was like Slayer and like Ice T or something like that. It was like some fucking shit right there. Yeah, I remember um, I used to play a lot more uh, video games when I was younger, and I was always mm-hmm. big into, like, the Tony Hawk video games. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, because, like, and, and, like, I discovered, like, a lot of music through those. Like, fucking Deltron was on that shit. Like, yeah. that's how I first heard about the Melvins. Like, yeah. it's so sick. sick. I yeah. mean, I, I had to cut out a lot of the street punk sort of shit because I wasn't yeah. really into it. <laughs> But I was like, you know, they, they they like Mastodon and shit. So I was like, yo, this is fucking tight. Yeah, yeah. Dude, Dell Del was a big deal for me. Like, because cause he's like from the Bay. And dude, yeah. I was like always into Dell. And then um, then Deltron came out. And it was like the, some next level like shit, dude. It was like on the same level for me as like when Dr. Octagon came out, you know? And I was yo, just like, man, dude, like. Del Deltron and Dr. Osgon, like, man, those are the two main hip hop albums I was blasting my boys back Dude. in the day. Like, damn, that shit still so, so good. Yeah. yeah, still so good. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, 
and then yeah, like Dell Dell kind of moved me away from not away, but like showed me, oh, there's like because I grew up in this like Bay Area rap world where it was like, you know, I listened to like Selly Cell and like all this shit that was like kill people, kill people, kill people, make money, make money, money, make money, you know? And then and then Dell was like one of the first things that I was just like, oh, this is like sick. And it got me into like hip hop, you know? And then uh, I was super into that for a long time. But yeah, that's tight. Living Legends, too. That was a big one for me. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um. Well, yeah, dude. Like, I was... The last thing I really wanted to ask you was because, you know, today we're actually talking on Inauguration Day, right? Um, yeah, so yeah. Pretty, pretty intense day. Uh, and I was, I was wondering about, like, you know... Do you do you make an effort to keep like any sort of like political views and like because I I love like to me I, I personally it's the fact that you thought to talk about how journalism needs more women and needs more people of color and shit like that is great and it's like amazing to have a mind like you're almost like a, like a like a good dude that like infiltrated a world you know um, do you feel the do you feel the need to ever express your political views in your articles or do you kind of make a point to separate it? Um, it's something that I've been doing like more and more of recently. Um, like, you know, some shit I cover is not really political. Like it's, um, it, it has its own sort of value like in the world, but it's not like explicitly political, but with some stuff like, um, yeah, I do make it a point to, you know, like may- maybe not hammer over the head, but make it pretty obvious, like where I stand. Cause I think that's important, you know, if, if you're reading something to like know where the author stands on something. Yeah. yeah like, absolutely. N- like last time I really like, don't be like a detached observer. Like, you know, like let, let, let us know where you stand. Like, um, like I, um, have you heard that new, uh, uniform record? Yeah, dude, I fucking love that band, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I was like, I was like reviewing that and, um, yeah, I did this dude for pitchfork and like, the thing that struck me about it, but it felt like like a discharge sort of record, not like the sound. that was like a million bands rip off discharge, like that sound shit. But it felt particularly sort of like urgent, you know, like that 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 urgency, which I think is really important. And I think now more than ever, like what we can't like lose sight of, you know, like that urgency. Like it's important. To, to make art to like fulfill ourselves to you know because i mean it's a tough world man like you know you got you got to do something that makes it worth living you know yeah you know making music you know tending your own garden you know whatever it is yeah it's important to have your thing to bring some meaning into your own life because if you feel like like even if you're even if you're like a real dark person you know like if you like if with negative music if you have like like meaning for yourself like that can inspire people that you know can cause other people you know that'll make other people you know be inspired so that that's really important so and, and that's sort of the general sense that i sort of try to um impart is that yes um you know like this music makes life worth living even though shit sucks right now yeah yeah because yeah, like they want us to be beaten down and like, you know, not vote and be hopeless. It's like, no, like, you know, we need to, we need to take a stand, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I think that's great, man. I think, 
I think the world, you know, needs more writers like you, dude, because that is important, dude. And I got a lot of shit for that, dude. Like when 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 Trump was elected, right? I just made this thing on the Talkful uh Facebook that was like, "Look, dude, like it's fucked up right now and all that shit, but like the one thing that we can trust in is that like you know, communism couldn't stop art from being that it couldn't crush it. Like, you know, dictatorship could never crush, you know, they could never get art like fully under their boot, you know? So it's like our responsibility to keep doing it and all that stuff. And like, people gave me shit. They were like, I would, you know, now's the time to be angry. And I was like, that's fine. Like be angry, but create something with it. So it's physical. It's a physical presence in the world and other people can react to it. And other people can come around to it and, 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 and gather around art, you know? And, and it, it seemed like it sparked understandably. So I get it, but it sparked this like blind anger. And people were like, no, I want to be angry right now. I was like, okay, I understand that. I'm not telling you not do that. But now it's like, it's, it's just as important as ever to like keep making art you know yeah yeah i mean not everybody can be an activist not everybody can be an artist but art art and activism are not mutually exclusive at all in fact they're they're pretty important they're almost one same pretty much absolutely dude absolutely and it's and it's a part of yeah it's a part like i don't know i i just feel like one inspires the other off obviously they give so much to each other and like you know not even exclusively music just like visual art and like you know, performance art, all that shit. And it's like super important. I think it's cool also to have someone like you that sees that. And, and I told, I told this to Jen Pelly, like, like you have a fucking superpower, dude. It's like you're a part of the X-Men because you have this opinion, right? And, and your opinion and, and, and you happen to be a good person. And like this opinion, you have the ability to project it to like fucking, thousands of people instantly you know and that's sick as fuck like you know and there's a million people that have opinions but being able to like wrap it up in this package and fucking send it out and it means something to a lot of people it is literally like a superpower to me you're like professor x that's what i told jim pelly it's fucking sick i do feel like a mutant sometimes in this world but thank yeah. you yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's sick and you know what man like uh me and you, we were talking about it before. Like we've been trying to, I've been trying to make this happen and we've been like missing each other because our schedules are so crazy, but yeah. I'm super happy that you came on here, dude. I'm really like stoked on that. Yeah. Thank, thanks for letting me do it, man. Yeah. This has been awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I think I'm going to see you soon, right? I think I'm going to see, we're playing, we're, we're doing a tour. Beginning of March. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's, that's- that's gonna be great. Uh, this they're with this will show you and Emma. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna be fucking. Awesome. Do you know? Do you know those dudes in this will show you? I don't think. I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, maybe I've met them before, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, uh, me neither. But dude, I fucking love that band. I'm so excited to play with them, dude. Yeah, yeah. That that that's gonna be a killer show. Yeah, yeah big deal for me. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, Andy. Like, I seriously, again, I'm super happy you came on here. I think, like, you know, what what you do is is not only cool and like you're good at it, but it's super important. Right. You know, I think it's important. And I think it, again, it's like art and, and journalism have this like symbiotic relationship and it, and they bounce each other out and they call each other out when they're, when they're wrong or doing something out of, out of hand and they compliment each other when they're, when one is doing things right and amazing. Right. Yeah. 
And, and as an artist, like, it's really nice to get someone to, to like, you know, to talk to somebody that is like a good, like, you know, like you're saying, like you were saying earlier, you know, there's a million journalists that are journalists be, and Jen said this too. Like there's a million journalists that are journalists because they had an in because it was easy. Like they had the money to do it and not, you know, but it's, it's really special to find someone that like broke through that, you know, and, and is doing legitimate good shit for the world. Thank you so much for coming on here, dude. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah. This has been, this has been great. Yeah. 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 So I will. And thanks for reading. Thanks for reading too. Thanks for reading. I do. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I, I mean, absolutely on my behalf and like, yeah, seriously, like to, that's what I always say. Like, dude, and when I meet someone that reads, it's like, it used to be a thing for me where it's like, I used to like, I make fun of people. I, I still do. Like I make fun of people. Cause like, like, Oh, when someone talks about reading so much, like blah, blah, blah. like everybody should read, you know, everybody yeah. fucking reads. Right. And it shouldn't be a thing. But now, you know, I'm like, Oh man, it's really good that you read, dude. I mean, especially since like, you know, the like smartphones, everybody's buried in them and, and all that, yeah. shit, you know, but you know, it's also a tool that can be used, but yeah. Absolutely, man. Thanks for writing. I'll keep reading, you know. Fuck yeah, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, word, man. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. No problem, man. Bye. See ya. All right. Well, that was my interview with Andy O'Connor. Uh, like I told you, he's a tight ass fool. I love that guy. Thanks a lot to Andy for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And speaking of thanks, thanks to our producers. So today's producers are the ever consistent Muhammad Abbasi and the ever consistent Nate Berger. I appreciate both of you. I love you. You guys are a huge part of the show and I really appreciate everything. It would not be possible without you. So I usually like to end with a song. Um, but you know, uh, today I decided for some weird reason to leave you with the audio recordings that NASA released of Saturn's rings, right? It sounds really tight. Uh, if you believe in that sort of thing, uh, I remain in the gray, but so here we go. This is what the audio recording of Saturn's ring sound like. All right. I'll see you guys in two weeks. Love you. Peace.